This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another playoff edition of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And if you're watching the YouTube video of this show, you might notice that there's a third box. There's a third guest here joining us today, Dusty Evely of... Boy, Cheesehead TV, Packer Report, Pack a Day. The internet. The internet. So excited to have you here. We've been meaning to do this. Yeah, no, listen, this is awesome. Thank you so much for the invite. Last time I saw you guys, uh, the Packers were throwing up 18 uh, unanswered points against the Saints, and we were just having the time of our lives. So uh, I always love talking to football with you, with you guys. I feel like it's been too long, even though I saw you this season. Uh, but thank you for having me on. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, what you're okay. saying is it's good luck, right? You know, like last time we were all together. That's exactly it. One, so exactly I was it. literally going to say, I don't think I've ever watched a football game, a Packers game with Dusty where the Packers have lost. So because yeah. we want three of us plus Andy also went to the Lions game. They won in a great game. What was that? 2022? 2021. 2021 season. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Um, for those of you, I'm just going to plug you really quick, Dusty. For those of you who <laughs> don't listen or read any of Dusty's work, it's phenomenal. I always learn something. You are all about to learn something on this show. <laughs> it Dusty is amazing, especially when it comes to offense and offensive passing concepts and just the offense scheme in general, it's awesome. Dusty is one of my favorite football people on the internet. So I'm just pumped people. that you are here. And just people. You are good people. So Entirely this is going to be too cool. kind. I am very embarrassed. Entirely <laughs> too kind. <laughs> <laughs> and Dusty does an awesome show with John Coon. So you should yes. all check that out. Thank you. Um, so we are talking about more Packers playoff football. Somehow in... The depths of this 2023 season, this youngin 
group has made it to the divisional round. And of course, through the script writers, well done, clap, clap. Um, they have this team going to San Francisco, as they do, um, to take on the one seed San Francisco 49ers. Um, we got the final injury report right before we started recording, and both teams are actually very healthy. Um, good news for the Packers. Good news for the 49ers, I guess, too. Uh, so we'll take a look. Uh, um, no, we, we were saying pre-show. It is always, always good for football and for football fans when two teams meet head-to-head at their healthiest. It's freaking awesome when that happens, especially this late in the season. You don't really ever get that. The Packers also played the Cowboys at pretty much full strength, um, minus a one A.J. Dillon. So they're going into this game obviously down JJ and Ibarre, which is really unfortunate to the torn ACL, but um, they are potentially going to get AJ Dillon back. Um, aforementioned AJ Dillon, he's questionable. Jair is questionable, but said from Matt LaFleur that um, he is in a better place this week at this point than he was last week at this point. So arrow pointing in the right direction to get job back key key against this high power 49ers offense. Um, the other two are Isaiah McDuffie um, and Daniel Whelan. The punter is also questionable, which is just such an interesting, I don't know the last time I saw that, but Hey, here's the solution. Don't need to punt. There we go. Um, and as for the 49ers also super healthy, they're only out as clue and feral. Um, and their questionable is Dre Greenlaw, which I know we will get into when we talk about their defense. So two healthy teams. Yeah, two healthy teams, two very familiar head coaches. Obviously, we can get started here at the Packers offense, but Matt LaFleur is, I think it's two and one against Shanahan in the regular season. And then, of course, is 0 and 2 in the postseason. So. Kyle always seems to have his number in the playoffs, even though Matt LaFleur schemes up some really nice things in the regular season. So let's talk about this new Matt LaFleur offense, because, of course, every time they've played, he's had Aaron Rodgers under center. So really different team this year. Um, Not really any playoff experience on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Aaron Jones, Elton Jenkins, like that's that's about it. A.J. Dillon, I guess, technically, but really young guys. Um, young skill position players and like Perry said already really a healthy offense and Dusty really quickly I guess before we dive into the 49ers I would really like just your quick thoughts I know you said you waited to watch the game but how fun was it to see this young offense in their playoff debut the performance especially out of Jordan Love who now we're hoping obviously can compound and build on that in the divisional round Oh my goodness. Just tremendous. Like anytime one of the complaints I remember hearing is when I, when I logged on, you know, after the game. So like as the second, as that Rams lions game was like closing up shop, I was like, Oh, what did people say about the Packers games? Uh, So it was, well, they, I wish the Packers would have run more time off the clock. They ran eight plays the third quarter. It took like four minutes of game time. They scored two touchdowns. Like (laughs) you can't run the house. Like they were, they were, they checked into a run off of their big pass and they got 27 yards. Like they couldn't slow themselves down. Like it was all facets of the game were great. I love, I mean, it's been talked about ad nauseum at this point, but how there's not, you don't have the number one and anyone can go off at any given time. Like Dobbs had been fine. Like he had games where he'd like one catch, eight yards, four catches, 76 yards, something like that. He blew up in this game. Reed without a target. Watson without a single target. He got one, Watson got one target, uh, one catch for like eight yards or something mm-hmm. off a little hitch. 
but they all what i love about watching them is they're all even they cannot be getting the ball they're all blocking like crazy they're all playing hard they're all exactly where they're supposed to be for the most part which is not something we saw early in the year just watching and a guy like dobbs who has had some issues this year with drops and we've seen some of that some of the catches he made and the run after the catch it was just one of those like oh he got rewarded that was that was great he had a big game which means he probably won't this week wicks had that touchdown off just i mean off a filthy route and just that <laughs> throw from love like goodness gracious like he knew that was zero blitz coming that was and that's the other thing too with love he's making these throws but he's checking to that stuff like he 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 looked he used cadence he checked into that he brought craft in he had all the protection all sorted out and then when it came to it is i know i need my guy i need an extra split second what if i just fade away and then just throw a dot back to the back corner of the or the back of the end zone he's playing the one thing i'll say he has sailed a couple to the outside so there are still a handful of accuracy things, but everything else that we had questions with early in the year with uh, the speed of the game, obviously he looked comfortable early on in, in the season. I think his uh, he's gotten more comfortable. And I think what that has led to then is he's a little more consistent. The deep ball was a problem early in the year. Deep ball is not a problem anymore. He will occasionally sail the short ones. If he's hitting everything else, like he understands where he's supposed to go. He understands the checks. He understands everything about this offense. He's, I mean, what I was saying even early in the year when things weren't going well, He's his eyes are going to the right place. His eyes are good. His eyes have been good. It's just can he put everything else together? And he's just been nails down the stretch, man. Like yeah, some of these throws, it was 20, 21 passes. I wish it was only 20. I wish he went <laughs> on the cape, the 158.3 uh perfect, perfect rating there. But he's been he's done everything and above, I think. I think they put more on his plate in terms of protection stuff as the season's gone on. Cause like, well, he can handle it now. Like it's just <laughs> it's full go. It's been amazing to watch him kind of progress and and the young team along with him too. So you're saying he can still get better. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm trying not to get my hopes up because I'm like, that's if this is, no, if this is what he thought. is, this is so good. If this yeah. is what he is, this is great. Yeah. But he's got these little things on the margins that, yeah, he he could potentially get better. Maybe he's not that guy. Maybe he's always going to sail the check downs. He was that guy in college as well. But I mean, I say that in jest, obviously. <laughs> I, I say that in jest. However... I mean, he had, like you mentioned, a nearly perfect passer rating in this game in his very first playoff game against the two seed, a very good team. And he still has moments where he can, quote unquote, do better. I mean, it, it feels like the ceiling is still exponentially growing, which is kind of a scary thought. Um, I love that you brought up that in this game, it was Dobbs who had his his big break in this upcoming 49ers game, it could be somebody else. And that's been the beauty of this season and this team is something Maggie and I have focused on a lot, which is that there isn't a one. And like, I think it's why this offense actually runs so effectively is because everyone blocks, everyone's in on the run game. You know, you brought up Reed didn't have a catch. Well, he said post game, like, I don't care. We're moving on. I will block all day long. Mm -hmm. If it means that we win this game, I don't care. It's just, it's a really amazing all for one and one for all kind of mentality. Um, if you had to pick it based on what this defense brings and looking to maybe exploit some of their weaknesses, who would you think is going to be the guy who could go off in this game? Like, not that I think there is going to be a one, right. But just given what you think Matt LaFleur is going to want to do against the 49ers, 
I'm curious who that guy is going to be. Uh, I can go a couple different ways. I could see it a couple different ways. One of them, I will say, and it's just because uh, he's, he's been my dude as the season's gone on is Tucker craft, what he's been able to do run game pass game. And I think what they're going to want to do, I think they're going to have to live in a lot more 12 stuff as, as Musgrave gets a little more healthy. I think they're going to run some more of that stuff and the way must, the way uh, craft has come along has been incredible. So I think they're going to try to do that, especially if green laws out and you can, not that you want to attack the middle of the field of Fred Warner's there, but you can, but you've got two tight ends. You can, you can play games with the inside of that, the, the, that second level of the defense there with those two guys. So I think craft is a possibility. You get Musgrave is not the decoy, but the guy who again, seam stretcher, you push him a little more vertically craft on the underneath stuff and you see him with the ball in his hands and he just, just runs like a lunatic. So I think he's a possibility. Um, I mean, the other guy, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, I'll, I'll go Christian Watson. He's been healthy. He's been out there. He was out there this past week and kind of a snap count. He's clearly affecting defenses. He is still blocking. He's still doing good stuff. And I think what the Packers are going to do, one of the things they're going to have to run, but I think they're going to, you can attack vertically if you can block it up. I think you can take your shots. I think I wouldn't be shocked if this is a game where they go max protect shot to Christian Watson first play of the game. Uh, like that, that wouldn't shock me a bit. And I think as you start doing that, I think they're going to take their shots as you start doing that. You get Fred Warner playing that Tampa linebacker and he's dropping back, you attack the middle a little bit more. So I wouldn't be shocked if Watson, depending, I mean, that hamstring, hamstrings are tricky uh, at the very least. I mean, if anyone, if you, if, if anyone's had a hamstring injury and then you try to run on it, you can't, like it's awful. So those suckers are tricky. But if he's feeling good and he's up to the, if he's up to like a full snap count, I, I, I think Watson could very well be that dude uh, this week. That's again, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean I, go ahead. No, go. I was just gonna say, I mean, Watson played well into the fourth quarter. So mm-hmm. I think my, I mean, again, I could be wishful thinking with you, Dusty, but I imagine being up that much against the Cowboys, if his hamstring was at all iffy and funky, you would think they would have pulled him. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. he's full go. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, knock on wood. This is why I have wood paneling in my 1970s basement, but the Packers, I think one of the keys to this, especially on the offensive side of the ball is to play mistake free football. And Jordan love has been very, very good at doing that down the stretch here. And this is a 49er secondary that I think is going to test them a little bit more than they've potentially been tested. Like, you know, Deron Bland had the, the flashy numbers and the interceptions returned for touchdowns, but like Javarius Ward, second team, all pro, five picks, 23 passes defense. Like this is a secondary that is ball hockey. I think they have 22 picks most in the league. So if there was ever a time to actually play mistake-free football on offense, which again, they've been very good at doing protecting the football is really paramount in this one. And, you know, Dusty, you mentioned some of like the overthrows and some of the errant balls. And I just, they happen, but I think there's less room for that in this kind of matchup than there has been in previous weeks against previous secondaries. Yeah, and I will say one thing about the overthrows, one thing that uh, I mentioned this somewhere out the, the else this week as well that I was kind of excited about as far as his misses. So a lot of those, those little quick outs, those little five-yard out routes, early in the season he was missing those inside. And that was my big thing is like the I assume the deep ball will come, but those suckers he's missing inside, someone's going to take that to a pick six. Yeah. Those are high and outside now. So even those he's missing, he's missing in a way that like do not necessarily lead to interceptions. So like there's at least that, but there are still some. I think there was that that slant to Dobbs this past week. They threw like kind of back hip and he had room to the inside. I, I kind of thought initially he was protecting from the safety or the linebacker, and I don't think that was close enough. I think that was just slightly off. And yeah, the yeah, Niners 
you got some guys who got some hands on those on some balls, so he's gonna have to be pinpoint in this game. Yeah. All right, we got to talk about the front because I feel like when you think about the, I mean, when you think about the 49ers, for me, I think about their inside linebackers, which we've mentioned already. I, I don't know, I don't know why that is, but I think Drake Boonlaw and Fred Warner are the best duo in in the league, and the Packers have been so different from the Aaron Rodgers era, who was absolutely adverse to hitting the middle of the field. Like love goes there readily and often, but he can only do that. Right. You mentioned it, Dusty, if he has time. And I thought the Packers offensive line played maybe their best game of the season against the Cowboys. I mean, Michael Parsons is an absolute game wrecker and they held him to a singular pressure, which is no small feat they're going to have to play like that again in this game. And it's not just one guy on this front that you're blocking either, right? They traded for Chase Young. They got Eric Armstead. They've got a Nick Bosa. Um, they're healthy, which is great, but this is going to be about keeping Jordan Love upright. I think he's gotten so much better. I mean, you think about Jordan Love, like your first impression of him was that horrible, horrible game versus Kansas City where he could not do anything against pressure. And now he's become great against pressure. But this is a team that's going to make you play, you know, off your back foot, <laughs> you know. So they're going to have to have answers for this. And it's going to be a big game from the offensive line. Yeah, for sure. And I think even if I'm not mistaken, that Parsons had one pressure and that was off. That was unblocked because DeGuara didn't get off his motion in time. Like that was the single Micah Parsons pressure. And I mean, Dallas also has uh, Tank Lawrence who's causing problems earlier. Like they have a good protection plan. And part of that is the guys up front. You've got, and then again, Tucker Craft, you had a lot of chip release from tight ends. You had one, I think that was a touchdown to um, Wicks. That was a, a, a Patrick Taylor chipped on Micah Parsons, uh, chipped on the edge, a chip release on Micah Parsons. He was in line on the left and he chipped release. So you've got everyone buying in there. Uh, like I said, it's, it's going to be tough. They're going to have to have a plan. That's an, it's an attacking front. Uh, I think, I think they'll be able to run on them. I, I do think because of how aggressive they are, I think you can catch them on some games. I think you can do that. Uh, but again, like you <laughs> look at what love did. Um, I've been tracking blitz numbers all year. The Vikings blitzed him 75% of the time in that second matchup, 75% of the time. And he was just absolute killed that stuff. And then even the pressure stuff, even when, when not blitzed, I can't remember exactly. I think this year he finished and get EPA per play. I think sixth in the league against uh, no blitz pressure this year as well. So I mean, he's, and it's still not great. Like you don't want to be pressured, but also a lot of that pressure was a result of, if you look at anytime you look at pressure numbers, it's always, what was the average time to throw average time to pressure His average time to pressure was like 3.1 seconds or something, which means he's holding out of the ball. He's looking for something. And so it's not exactly immediate pressure, which means the line's doing their job. So he is going to have to work, but he's one of the things, the other things I've been really impressed that he's gotten better at this year, early in the year, uh, it seemed like it was, if there's pressure on his face, if someone's coming at him, he'd, he didn't know when to cut bait on a play. He'd still yeah. be looking downfield. He'd try to run. He'd take a hit. He'd take a sack. He would do whatever. He's gotten so good at if it's he'll take off running immediately or he'll throw the ball away. He wasn't throwing the ball away at all earlier this year. Yeah. So I think, like you said, the, I think the line's going to have to be great. But they've had a good protection plan, and Love has done such a good job with sussing that stuff out pre-snap, figuring that out, setting the protection, and then knowing where his hots are if he thinks he needs them. Like he's done the Cowboys tried to throw some stuff at him and he just, he figured all of that stuff out. And so the Niners defense is tougher. It's going to be tough for him, but I mean, 
listen, I'm still, I'm still on love. I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like he can't be this good this quickly because the middle of the season was not that long ago and he did not look that good. But he's handling everything they're throwing at him right now. So he's at some point, maybe it falls apart, but my hopes are too high, man. I don't think it's gonna be this week. I think he's he's looked comfortable. So I as long as they protect up front and they've shown that they can, and if they can't, he knows to get the ball out quickly and they've got answers for that. LaFleur's got answers for that. Like it's I I think I think they'll I think they'll really have time. I think they're gonna take their shots, but I also think you're gonna see a fair amount of misdirect stuff up front as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of this too, right? As we've kind of said, like Perry and I said, you know, we've been using a Cinderella metaphor a lot this season and normally the bad kind of the metaphor where we talk about Joe Barry and, you know, the pumpkin-esque nature of some of his defensive performances. But then the other side of this is that you have the Cinderella story of this young team and exactly to your point about like waiting for the other shoe to drop, like there are expectations now going into these games, right? And Yes, the Packers are heavy underdogs going into this one, but you can't put up a performance like you did in the wild card round and then not at least have some expectation that it is possible. You know, yeah. it's not like they're – I've seen the comparisons all week. Like, well, it's not like they won on a last-second field goal. Like, this was a very dominant performance against a very good Cowboys team. So there are expectations that they will be able to go toe-to-toe with what has been one of the juggernauts of the regular season. But – yeah, the Nick Bosa thing I think is probably the biggest storyline, at least for me, when you look at this Packers offense, because it's just so familiar. I mean, the last time they played in the divisional round, five sacks, not from Nick Bosa, but from that front in general, three sacks in 2019. So if Jordan Love can can get some protection and have the kind of day, maybe probably a little bit worse than the day he had in Dallas, there's a lot of really big things possible for this team. And also shout out Aaron Jones for what he did in pass protection yeah. this past week. He's oh, yeah. playing yeah. so many snaps, and he was just crushing Parsons over and over again. Just terrific. Also, he's not a big back, you know? <laughs> he's like, like, he's like, <laughs> like, he is. Yeah, they had such a good plan. I mean, st- shout out Stenovich for that plan. I, 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 I'm sure they're going to have another one going into this, but it's going to be no small feat. I – I think the game plan, and Dusty, I want your thoughts on this. I mean, the game plan should not look too different going up against this team. Although, to your point, I think the middle of the field is just not going to be as safe of a space, if you will. Like, I think I think you want to get the run game going early and often, as much as humanly possible. You mitigate that pass rush that way, and time of possession, you know, keeping their offense off the field, all that to that point. Um, but I, I don't know. I play your, there's part of me that's like, just play your brand of offense. Don't try to do too much. I think there's something about Shanahan where Matt LaFleur gets too cute, like with his former boss. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I, I, I think you, you play your brand of offense and you be sharp about it. Like Maggie said, you, you protect the football, which love has been doing. I am, I expect them to be competitive. This is not a game. I expect them to walk out of San Francisco with a win, but you can go in and you can be competitive. If you can play the way that they've been playing the second half of the season. Yeah. And we've seen them a little bit too. I mean, I mentioned that the Vikings game earlier, there's a couple games in the middle of the season where one of the things the Vikings like to do, I mean, this is, goes back to Zimmer is whatever mug the a gap. And then you drop those linebackers out, which makes the middle of the field dicey to throw against. Cause you don't know if they're blitzing you know if they're dropping back, if they're dropping back, how much is the picture changing? 
I, that second Viking team, the floor basically was like, All right, we're, we're targeting outside the numbers. It was an, it was like an old school Aaron Rodgers game plan. We're running fades. We're running outs. They had a handful of targets in the middle of the field. And they've got options there in case they need them. But they, they more or less avoided the middle of the field. It was like, it's muddy in there. We don't know what those guys are going to do when they drop out. But they can't drop wide enough to take away like a 10-yard out route. And we can throw that. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's if there's a little bit of that. Now, to your point earlier, I mean, they've got good cornerbacks as well. So it's going to be tough. And you got to be on time with all of that stuff. But I do think I wouldn't be shocked if this one they do kind of shy away from the middle of the field, at least in the first half, until they see what the Niners are doing on defense a little bit more. Um, they did, it seemed like it was, for what LaFleur had been doing, it seemed like it was a little safer of a game plan. I say that they put up 48 points. Um, <laughs> I guess pick, the pick six accounted for for some of those. Uh, but say so they a little safer in terms of like they didn't do a whole lot of they were running like end arounds a bunch to Bow Mountain and a lot of little trick plays. I always had the leak uh, touched on a Musgrave. But they didn't have a lot of the weird trickery stuff against the Cowboys. I wonder if to play with the linebackers, to mess with the front a little bit, if they have saved some of that for this week. Like, I wouldn't be shocked mm-hmm. if they come out with a lot of kind of funkiness, three or four really, like, tricky, trickery-looking plays, which we've seen those goes good. And again, we were at the Saints <laughs> game. We've seen those goes bad as well. So I guess we'll, we'll kind of see how those play out. But I wouldn't be shocked if they lean into that a little more. So you're saying Keyshawn Nixon is going to get some offensive snaps is what I'm hearing this week. <laughs> we got that one this year, hasn't he? Has he gotten another one? Just that one Just, the one. just yeah. the one we got to witness. They've been saving yeah. it for the divisional round, man. <laughs> I'm hopeful that we will see more Jaden Reed in this game because mm-hmm. I think your point about Christian Watson was an apt one, but I think with the two of their amount of speed, you want to try to stretch this defense as like much as humanly possible. As I was talking about that and you were like, who could go off? Isn't it kind of awesome that I had six different dudes in my head and I was like, <laughs> you could make a solid case for any one of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. It's amazing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Packers have an interesting... And that's the show. Uh, oh, right. Thanks. You guys are breaking up. My connection's no, breaking they, up. I'm so they sorry. Have, they have an interesting task ahead of them this is a this often scares me 
And it's interesting because, look, you go into the Cowboys game, right, and you're like, all right, Dak is having probably, like, one of the best seasons of his career. He's thrown the most touchdown passes in the league. CeeDee Lamb is having an all, literally an all-pro season. But that's kind of who you need to stop, right? There, there, there's nobody else on that team. Like, you, you just got to stop them. And, and they did that, right? They did not have a good game, and they, they were able to stop the run. Great. This team, this team, you're accounting for a whole host of weapons and an offensive-minded coach that is, I mean, on par with, like, the best in the league. I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. Right? Like, my thing this whole week, it comes down to Brock Purdy. I've seen, and I'm sure you've watched some of the stuff of him at, like, Iowa State, and, like, how did this guy, this guy who's doing the dumbest things possible on a football field, turn into the guy in the field? And there's times that he will turn into a guy who just chucked that ball up for grabs. If you can crush the pocket from the inside, if you can make him uncomfortable in the pocket, he's going to throw you some. And I mean, uh, who was Devontae Wyatt said something to that effect this week. Mm-hmm. That's, it's 100% right. Like his pressure numbers are good. When he's pressured, he has been good. Generally, that's from outside the pocket. So if you rush him from the outside and he can get outside, he can make something happen. That interior of the 49ers offensive line is bad. It's bad against the pass. If they can, I mean, first things first. Talk Niners, they got to stop the run, right? You got you to stop the run or else they won't stop running. So if you can slow it down enough and you make Brock Purdy do something with Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt playing like they've been playing, if you can crush that interior of the line, he's going to give you three chances and you just got to come down with them. Like to me, that's I, – I have been trying to think of like any way I've, any way I've thought about like, well, how can they do to slow down those Niners defense? It's all stuff we know Joe Barry won't do. Like he won't, so it doesn't matter. So it's good. They're going to score their points. They're going to get their yards. You got to hold on to the interceptions. Like that's basically where this comes down to for me. I mean, like I think we expected the Cowboys game to be a boat race and Mm -hmm. the Packers held up their end, you know, of that. (laughs) And we, Dak was in the same situation. He was protecting the ball really well. He had a relatively turnover free season, you know, was seeing the field a lot better. We had said in the pregame show before the wild card round that, you know, Dak was not rattleable this season like he had been previously. He could take a sack and then still pick up a first down. Like, I'm not sure Brock Purdy is there yet. And I think the Ravens kind of laid the blueprint for that. Like, he was so shaken up in that game. And he reverted back to, like you said, the Iowa State Brock Purdy. And I think, you know, the large part of this year, obviously, is that if McCaffrey can do whatever he wants, it doesn't matter how poorly the quarterback's playing because he can just hand him the ball, (laughs) you know, 97 times. And it is what it is. And the the Niners are 10 and one when McCaffrey has 75 yards. I mean, Kyle might do that. Like, yeah, he he is. Look, here's my other thing is and this is what I mean by like the the coaching like meta bowl is that like. McCarthy, I love Big Mike. We all love Big Mike, but Big Mike in big moments sometimes make not the brightest. Like sometimes the simplest decision is the smart one. And Kyle will make the simplest smart decision, which is hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey until this defense proves that he can, they can stop him. And like, he knows he's done it before. Raheem Mostert haunts my dreams. Right. So like he knows that he can do that and it's to be determined if this Packers defense will be able to stop Christian McCaffrey. Now 
Jesse, you made an excellent point here where Kenny Clark and Devonta Wyatt on the interior have been playing very well. I mean, Kenny is playing his best football of the season so far. So if you can get a handful of stops, and this is why I'm, I'm actually, it sucks to lose JJ Anikbari because he's had a number of like very important tackles for losses in the last couple of weeks in the run game. So if you can get a handful of those on Christian McCaffrey, easier said than done, you can change the game plan a little bit and make Brock Purdy throw. I don't know. I want to, I've been thinking about this all week and I want to ask, they used to move Zadarius Smith inside to rush inside. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if Joe's going to do this, but I'm curious if moving Rashawn to rush inside in this game is something that would be really creative and fun and a good place to attack. Like you said, an interior that isn't that great. Rashawn sometimes, oftentimes, rushes too far past the quarterback on the outside, right? And then he just can't get there. You rush inside, and at least you're pushing your guy into the quarterback, right? You're using that speed and that power to just at least disrupt the pocket. I don't know. I would love to see them just move him inside and see what happens, especially against this line. I'm in the exact same boat. I think the best best approach – is you get those you get Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, you give LVN some more snaps because for he hasn't he's flashed, he's not been great so far this year. But if him and Preston are on the edge, it's like these big body, we're not gonna let you outside dudes. And then Rashawn is just chaos creator in the middle. Like you said, Zadarius would just like line up sideways in the A gap. Basically, he'd make himself as small. It was like the there's the like the tilted nose technique, uh, like your nose tackle. He was doing that, but like in the A gap, and then just knife through because there's nothing you can do with it. I do think that's probably the best path forward. It is potentially the last game of the year. Now, the other thing is like this defense might be gassed because they played like 90 snaps. They played like 90 snaps against the Cowboys. Now they're on a short week and got to fly out to San Francisco. There's a chance all those dudes are just so tired. Like I can't play more than 20 snaps this week, coach. I, I cannot do it. But if they want to do it, if you want, if you want to go get your one-on-ones, right, you get like five defensive linemen or four, and then Rashawn like head up standing up do that little the miles garrett crossover deal over the center with lvn and preston as your edge edges again the interior defensive line or offensive line is bad like that would be right, incredible um, really we have an idea <laughs> well like you said for all of listen for all of Petten's faults this is like this is like looking back on like past memories and like oh, that wasn't as bad as i thought it was that was pretty good for all of Petten's faults that dude could dial up a blitz. Like that dude was creative yeah. with his usage. With I saw him do uh, three man rushes off like a seven man front and get a free rusher off a three man rush. Like for all of his faults, dude was creative with how he deployed that stuff. Like you said, I'm in the same boat, man. Cause I was like mug and do sim pressures. Joe doesn't do that. So he's probably not going to, but the thought of Rashawn Gary, like head up over the center or lined up in the a gap. It's enough to get me excited. Even if I know it won't happen. Terry. <laughs> It's like, was it uh, Christian Ringo? How many years ago that just ran directly <laughs> from the sidelines? <laughs> that, that's the strategy. Just ring just pressure from everywhere. Just don't Blew let him know. Blew up the tackle on that sucker, too. That was, love that play. <laughs> don't, don't let him I know mean, where it's coming. <laughs> don't hit me with that DB Blitz, man. Don't don't hit me with that. Don't you know how much I love that. No, but I mean, look, like you said it. It might be their last game of the season. It probably is like 
throw the kitchen sink at them, like surprise, surprise them. I think like something about the 49ers and I think the Packers dealt with this too, when they were the one seed, the two seed, when you're the, the team to beat, so to speak, you kind of have to throw surprises at those teams. You mm-hmm. have to knock them off their spot. You have to surprise them. I mean, Pat, the Packers used to get hit with those like trick plays. I, I think about the Lions, like mm-hmm. Matt Stafford used to throw a flea flicker and they never used to know what to do with it because he was like, oh, clutch my pearls. You did something cool and surprising against us. What? You're not supposed to do that. Like, And that's kind of what this Packers team has on their side in this game, which is that a little bit of that unexpected sprinkle of the underdog magic, which is they can throw some of that fun stuff at them. And I think they should. And it seems like the floor is really relished doing that this year as well. So I think they will somewhere right now, Joe Barry is like drawing up a game plan and there's his thoughts. He's got Rashawn Gary. He's got a little magnet of Rashawn Gary over the center. He goes, no, that's what they'll think I do. And he just draws up the most boring spot drop cover through you've ever seen in your life. Like that's that's him right now getting ready for this game. Right now he's dialing up Preston Smith on Debo Samuel. But I mean, like we we talked about it, right? This Packers offense needs to protect the football. This is how they can theoretically steal this one from San Fran. And Brock Purdy's done a nice job protecting the football but in all the ways we just talked about he can also throw you a couple and the Niners are one and three this season when they've given up two or more turnovers the Packers are five and one when they're forcing two or more turnovers so like the key to success is there you saw it against the Cowboys I know like you know we talked about it to post game like the numbers for the Cowboys looked much more impressive than the actual performance on the field CD Gallup they all eclipsed 100 yards they won time of possession but it was the turnover battle and how do you keep an explosive offense at bay? You sustain your drives on offense and you steal a couple on defense. And that was the recipe for success in Dallas. And it's the exact same recipe. I think in Santa Clara, if you steal one or two possessions, especially if you're talking about the potential of like doubling up at the half, you know, and if you start the ball with the second, it's just, there's so many little things that I think they can do. But the biggest one of course is getting after Brock Purdy. That's got to be the key. If there's no pressure on them, I think they, they the Packers are going to throw out 50 to win this game. <laughs> they might and have they to could. anyway. Yeah, they, could. they could. Especially with, you know, elephant in the room is, does Jair play or not, right? Because he's questionable. We don't really know where he's at with the ankle. You like to hope. But if it's Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine, Keyshawn Nixon against Debo and Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle – I'm not feeling great about that right? I'm really not. Um, Cause one of them, if not two of them are, are getting theirs. Um, and then you're really, I mean, we've said it all season. Maggie and I is like this defense goes as the front goes. If the front is getting pressure, if the front is disruptive, it makes everybody's life on the back end easier. And you can say, well, yeah, Perry, that's freaking obvious, but it's especially, especially true with the way that, they call this defense and it's extra, extra, extra true when your top all pro corner is not playing. Um, because I assure you if Jair was not playing in this Cowboys game, it would have been a lot closer. Yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know. And maybe that is a hot take, but 
Well, that interception he had is a play that no one else on that team makes. Like no one else makes that pick and down at the twelve yard line. Like that that that. Not I wouldn't say that that was defining moment in the game because the savage pick six like put the game away. That's a huge point in that game because what it was seven nothing right. That's how they got their second touchdown was off. They they had just punted. They their for their only punt where Jordan Love was not really in the game. was that one, and it was, well, the Cowboys are only down seven. Like, that was a huge moment, and that was just Jair, Baron Jair. No one else makes that play. So, that was a yeah, huge impact on that game. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I think Keyshawn Nixon had arguably his best game of the season against the Cowboys. So, there's a lot you really like, right, to build off of. But, again, these guys are so gassed from all of the snaps that they played and the minutes that they played that you hope they have enough stamina to do it. And I also hope that Isaiah McDuffie is out there on Saturday, and maybe that's a little – hot takey but Perry and I have talked about his impact for a lot of the season and he's he's had really nice flashes and especially when you're talking about disrupting the run game you know he's not he's not going to leak out and cover Debo like that's not what his role will be but if you need a presence to help contain the run he's been really good at that this season so if he can't go that would be another you know kind of concern for the middle of the defense. Yeah, we know Kyle wants likes to put those linebackers in blenders anyway. So McDuffie out there on pass stuff might be tough. They're gonna test his eyes with all the motion and stuff anyway. Like it's going to be hard even with McDuffie, but without McDuffie, that's that's a that's a taller task. I'm with you. I I thought when they was it last year, he didn't look like anything more than like a special teamer and like kind of fringe player, spot guy occasionally. He's really come on. He's been mm-hmm. he's turned into a pretty good player this year. Yeah. And you want that rotation, especially if they're tired, right? Mm-hmm. You I mean they were rotating him in dry on early downs against the Cowboys. And it seemed to be working out really nicely until he got hurt. Right. And especially now if (laughs) they're coming off a really intense game and a short week, I know it's one day, but I don't think it can be overstated really that that extra day of rest plus travel, it impacts, you know, it impacts them. And, you know, we've been saying, Oh, young team, they don't know what they don't know, but they also don't know how to prepare, I think for these kinds of games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're at we're at about 40 minutes. So, Dusty, I want to know going into this game like final thoughts, anything that you are like really looking out for, keys to the game, an X factor. <laughs> I mean, no. you could go up thousand different ways yeah i mean i, I think um, take it anywhere you want my friend i am so excited about this game my hopes are way too high which means my hopes <laughs> are going to be either like dashed into the winds or i will be insufferable for the next week like i am i am so excited about this game thank you i've got this entire season no i had no hopes uh i i hope they would show some promise by the end of the year and it turns out they did they did show some promise by the end of the year so this is amazing i've it's been such a fun team to watch uh like i said i think um my X factor, I will, I will just go, I'll double down. I'm going to say Tucker Craft uh, because I think, based on what they want to do, and this also depends on if Greenlaw's out there or not. Lafleur's got a lot of that Shanahan in him, right? Like he wants to, he wants to mess with linebackers. All that motion stuff, all they're doing, they're trying to get you declare something before the snap. As far as what you're going to do, they want to mess with the eyes of the linebackers. 
they've got really good eyes, dude. But if Greenlaw's not out there, they get a little worse. And so the one of the ways you can then do that is with those two tight end sets. They've been running a lot of it's either balance formations or they'll put two tight ends on one side. You can mix up a lot of like switch releases off of there. They block so well. We see some of that as well. So it's like the run blocking. Musgrave, Musgrave's a better blocker already than I thought he was ever going to become. And Kraft has Kraft went from lost to week from week one to like an absolute dog by the end of the year. So both those guys can sell the run. So I think what the floor will want to do, I just said I think they're gonna try to avoid the middle of the field a little. I think if they can get those linebackers moving a bit in the middle of the field, he will attack that. That's what he wants to do. I think Kraft is a huge part of that as far as selling the run, leaking out, messing with some of those things. So I think – I don't think he's going to have the biggest game. I don't think Kraft is going to go for 150. But I think his impact on this game and and what he's able to draw in the defense to kind of take on – Take him on either in the run game. I mean, some of that stuff with the, that leak to Musgrave, a lot of that was based off of they kept hammering that linebacker over and over again. Some of that was craft, some of that was the tackles, and then eventually he was like, "Well, I'm not getting hit anymore." And then Musgrave just ran right past him. So it's just, it's those those calculated, almost I don't know about a safe game plan. I can see like those those calculated shots, those calculated shots, those calculated hits over the middle based off of what some of what you're doing with craft. So for me, he's kind of. Uh, I mean, I think maybe I have a weakness for tight ends because for years I was like, Degora is going to be the guy that's going to unlock this floor offense. Uh, and that didn't happen, but now it's Tucker craft and I believe in Tucker craft. So, uh, so I'm just going to say Tucker craft until he proves that that's not the case. I think. I think that's already probably a safer pick. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Every time I watched the Guara miss a block, I was like, man, I went to the bat for this guy over and over again. I did that. Why did I keep doing that? <laughs> I tried to on draft night. Yeah, it was not it was not good. Perry, you have an X Factor. Oh, I was gonna ask you. <laughs> um I mean, this is an probably a cop out. I, I have two thoughts. One is I'm watching Zach Tom. Like, I just, he's just been a monster all season. And he's, I think, starting to finally get his recognition. Um, He took care of business. Like, he took care of business last weekend. And I think he's going to, it's, this is going to be the toughest test for sure. Um, I don't, I I think the 49ers are going to really throw some fun stuff there at their offensive line. But if he can protect, love I think the pass game is going to do all right um my other thought is I actually wouldn't be surprised if love threw a pick in this game I'm almost expecting it but I also think that it's okay um maybe I'm just talking myself into this um (laughs) but he hasn't thrown a pick in what's it 20 20 some odd touchdown like it's been a while and this is maggie said it it's a this a a pick friendly secondary they are ball hawks quarterbacks throw interceptions even aaron Rodgers threw interceptions it's more about how they bounce back from said interceptions and all the backers need to do is win the turnover battle that means getting theirs from Brock getting theirs from this 49ers offense themselves, right? It can be two to one. Um, so I think I'm interested in seeing how they do that if and when that interception comes and not allowing it to set them back. But I think don't be alarmed if that happens in this game. It's it's okay. That's really negative to end on. I'm sorry. 
Um, <laughs> no, but, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a really interesting point because where I was going to take it kind of was just, you know, we talked about the expectations of the season and were there any and buzzword drink, you know, it was an evaluation year and you were just trying to see what you had a quarterback and where this team is ending the season is already exceeding the expectations that were set on. Oh, well, it's a building block year. And isn't it going to be fun to see this offense in year two? Like, yes, it will be fun to see this offense in year two, but right now they're in the divisional round of the playoffs. So, and yeah, I mean, I think this is a test in adversity because arguably there was not a lot of adversity in the Dallas game. Everything kind of went their way. And when you're talking about a young team learning to play in the postseason, learning to play on the road, learning to play in hostile environments, you couldn't have scripted a better wildcard round for a lot of these young guys. And yeah, Jaden Reed didn't get a catch. Christian Watson had a catch. But as far as like the experience, it's pretty easy breezy for those guys, which is great. And largely because of the way that they played, you know, they didn't just luck into it. But I don't think the lightning is going to strike twice in a bottle. And if it does fantastic, then just buy your tickets to the Super Bowl, I guess. But no, like there's, there's going to be some battle testing in this one and it's not going to come as easy and it could be a shootout and the defense, you know, might drop a pick or it might not look as pretty. And I think that's also invaluable for this team. Like, like Perry said, like you don't want to talk yourself into a loss, but I think the lesson is also that they're still learning from this and to be exceeding expectations already it's you you learn from losses just like you learn from wins and as much as we want this obviously to be a winning environment for them and it can be i absolutely think they can win this game there's also a lot to be learned in adversity and playing in such a battle-tested environment yeah okay so your x factor Maguloni. i mean i guess i guess to me it's aaron jones like if aaron jones can kind of go toe for toe as the spark plug with McCaffrey and he can like keep the offense going. Then I think that there's a chance if they're in a shootout and Aaron Jones is playing the way that he played the last four weeks, I would, I think the Packers can absolutely do it. But if they're just stymied at the line and he can't get anything going and like if AJ Dillon isn't available, so they can't even really spell him out with anybody that they trust, then I think it's going to be a long day. And I think that's when you maybe see the love picks or the things that, haven't happened because they're going to try to start forcing things when the run game stops working. Yeah. Like the first half of the season when they had no run game. <laughs> there there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Wrap the show as always. And our honored guest will go first with score. Prediction. No pressure. <laughs> oh man. Score petitions. I have not really thought about this. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. In fact, uh, Packers 35-17. Let's go. Let's go. 35-17. Woo! You heard it here first. I am way too high on whatever hope I have right now. The pessimism will come, uh, let's say, later in the week. The game's in like two days. The pessimism isn't coming. 35-17. Let's go. I love it, Dusty. I don't want to follow that. (laughs) Okay, I can follow it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um... I'm not feeling as optimistic, but I do feel like the Packers have proven that they can be competitive with the best. I do feel like they're going to be competitive. I do feel like they will go into Santa Clara and go toe for toe with the 49ers, which is quite frankly a win in my book. We're not here for moral victories, but 
we're already so far past what I thought this season would be. So I'm here for it. Um, I think it's a nail biter. Um, I'm going 35-32 49ers. Jake Moody with the win. That's kind of, that's the vibe that I get. You know, like the Aaron Rodgers watches from the sidelines and overtime not able to touch the ball kind of vibes, you know, where it's just like, it's close and it's attainable, but I don't know if the offense is going to get one more crack at it kind of game, but yeah, I mean, I've seen from this offense that they can hang on with just about anybody, but I I hope, you know, maybe this is us not wanting to see a blowout because <laughs> that would be miserable. We've lived through too many of those, <laughs> but I do think it's a one score game. I was thinking like 35-31, 35-28 Niners where the Packers keep it interesting. I think the Packers will put up points. I just, you know, this defense is so tired. And I don't know if they're going to be able to hang on long enough for the Packers to like end with the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree. But I like Dusty's best. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna say that Dusty's is what's going to happen. That's the official packs what she said pick for the week. <laughs> Take it. That's all right. Game. Two to two to one. We all hope Dusty's right. Um, how wild would that be? Damn. Um, does Matt LaFleur win coach of the year if he takes his team to the NFC Championship game? Listen, he should be in the running anyway, right? Like He should, he should absolutely 100% be in the running. Hey, I am like mayor of goot for exec of the year award. did you see mike silver so, tweeted that he made his vote today for Goody? i saw that yeah. good yeah. i don't know how you vote for anyone else at this yeah. point this is the youngest team <laughs> um, the owen 16 browns the youngest team since the owen 16 browns <laughs> yeah Wild. i had to watch that season too so sorry mark Apologize. <laughs> uh, Dusty, this was amazing. I love talking about football with you. I hope everyone else listening enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Please, please plug all of your work for everyone. Oh, uh, it's yeah, it's the internet. She's had TV once a week, so right over there, uh, passing game stuff, really fun stuff this week. Kind of looked at uh, Love Against the Blitz, which has been awesome. I'm uh, gonna get the the thing with the weekly thing with John Coon over on She's Had TV's YouTube channel. This week was. Uh, 25 minutes. We usually try to go between 12 and 15, but it was a it's the playoffs, man. So we went a little deeper, <laughs> hit nine plays this week, which was awesome. Get to walk through. I've learned a ton from him this year. Uh, pack reports once a week. I think that went up today. Pack a day podcast on Wednesdays. Usually do something on RPOs over my sub stack on Fridays. Uh, I'm doing something this week with uh, with Joey. Uh, you know, Joey from Underage Packers. I'm talking to him tomorrow. Nice. I talked to someone. Yes, I was on out with Andy and Theo Ash yesterday. Uh, did, did it's it, I I told Andy before we started recording yesterday. This week I did not put this in the universe, but this week I was like, I want as many opportunities to talk about the Packers as humanly possible because it's been such a fun week, and the universe has rewarded me. This has been amazing <laughs> talking to you all again. Seeing you all again has been incredible. It's been such a fun time. Uh, so that I think that's all of my stuff this week. Uh, and yeah, it's always lovely to talk to you guys. I, I would do this. Every single week, if you would have me. I thought you were going to say, I would do this for free. And I was going to be like, well, boy, do we, <laughs> do we have some news for you? Good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, you know, wish we'll is our yeah. at the, uh, the opener of the 2024 season. Absolutely. Some, some good games on that one. The Niners could come to town. The Texans could come to town. But we're not here to talk about that yet. This has been the Pax What She Said podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for joining us. If you're following on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe to the show if you don't already. If you're listening 
anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Please make sure you're downloading the episodes for us. It really helps us out. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Please follow Dusty and all of his fantastic work. And hopefully we're back later this weekend to talk about a Packers victory. Hopefully we're talking about Dusty's score prediction. And if not, we'll still be here to wrap the season because what a ride it has been. Thank you for taking the ride with us at Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.